What's up, everybody? We are back with a new episode of Dakar Rally Daily brought to you by Cycle News. We are here covering stage one, which is the second stage of the Dakar Rally after a prologue went down yesterday, which this is where it's going to start getting confusing talking about numbers because Dakar names their first stage zero and stage one is the day after the first stage and then that's a preview and so this we're just starting first, over. This is the first real day of Dakar. Yesterday was only about 11 kilometers, just a quick little rip around to, to establish start position, but hey, they were racing and they're on the clock. And it turned out that that time uh, affects everybody's overall time. So we are starting stage one. It was a pretty long day today. Uh, yeah. Well, it was an average day, I'd maybe say for a Dakar rally stage, but it's just an early day. I think they said they were up at 3 a.m., um, we had some reports. We're going to get Andrew Short, and I think we have Skyler Howes on the call or lined up for a call too, so we can talk to them about how early they woke up. Um, but the liaison was 345 kilometers, then they had 277 kilometers of special stage. Looks like their average speed was in the mid-high 80 kilometers an hour all day. Yes. Is- so lead time, uh, stage winner Toby Price averaged 87 kilometers per hour, which is about 52 mile an hour. Yep, that's cooking. So considering navigation and navigation mistakes, um, it's relatively high speed, but I think maybe a little bit slower and a little more tricky navigation than than the guys expected. Definitely than what we saw in the same region of the country last year. It certainly is slower, and um, Quinn is very humble. He did pick Toby to win, as did I yesterday, but Quinn did a great job on his picks yesterday. Uh, big news for us um, is the loss of time. That's usually what we look at the first thing we wake up in the morning or how <laughs> depends on how late we stay up at night to watch results and live streaming on the Dakar website is amazing this year. So if you're not on Dakar.com looking at live tracking and the map, you're missing out. It's really cool. But you will be up all night. So yeah, warning. Just, warning just a warning. What we're going to talk about is lost time more than more than gain time in these first stages. And unfortunately, Ricky Brabeck lost a considerable amount of time today. Uh, he had a challenge ahead of him by opening the stage combined with tricky navigation um, and, you know, just the challenges of having a fleet of the world's best Dakar racers behind you. It seems like he lost, you know, somewhere in the... Yeah, so Ricky went out, he went out first this morning and so he he had to open the stage and it was a lot of tricky navigation. Uh, in the end, he lost about 18 and a half minutes. And that put him in like 24th overall is where he sits now going into the next stage. And basically, based on on what I was watching, watching the live tracking, is he lost the majority of that time in the first five kilometers of the stage. So they looks like he went out hot. Um, there was a tricky spot in the road book, maybe four or five kilometers in. And it looks like a lot of the top guys got bunched up right there. So yeah. then I think him and Beretta and maybe Daniel Sanders and a couple other guys rode Keaton, together yeah. the majority of the stage. Yeah, I was going to say he's, he wasn't alone in this time loss. Other heavy hitters like uh, Beretta was 15 minutes down. Um, Pablo Quintanilla, who's you know one of the most dominant racers out there, he lost 15 minutes on the stage. Uh, it's his, Ricky's... Roommate in the motorhome, um, Jose Cornejo. He, Nacho. Uh, Nacho, yeah. He lost 12 minutes. Uh, you know, Ross Branch on the Monster Energy Yamaha, he lost nine, 10 minutes. So not not uncommon for these kind of time swings to go every day, especially early in the rally, right, Quinn? Yeah, so, you know, it 
it's bad. You never want to, you never want to <laughs> give up 18 minutes, but at the same time, you know, tomorrow's a new day and yeah. it's also our first day in the dunes. So Ricky's going to be starting from the back and it's a lot easier to follow a whole bunch of tracks through the dunes and he'll definitely be able to make up some time on Toby Price tomorrow. Right. Um, I don't know if Toby's going to lose 18 minutes, but you know, it'll, it'll equal out and yep. you know, it's still early in the rally. So it sets him up pretty well, I think, going into stage three, which looks like it's going to be one of the more challenging stages of the rally. So uh, right. we'll see. I think there's going to be some big drama day after tomorrow. Sure. So tomorrow we're heading into the dunes. It's going to be hard to lead out in the dunes because navigation is going to be tricky. But the, the worst part about being the first guy out in the dunes is you're leaving a track for other people to follow. And if you're you know, somebody in the top 10 or even Ricky, that matter, he's going to have a slight advantage or big advantage as long as everybody goes the right way. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there, there's one thing that basically it doesn't matter how you're the best rider in the world. You cannot ride away from somebody in the dunes. No. If you have a, if you have a bike to follow and a head, head bobbing around in front of you, you can always close the gap and no matter, I mean, clearly these guys are all high level athletes, top yeah. of their game. So you're not going to be able to ride away from any of these guys once you're once you're in the sand dunes. I think they could ride away from me. Yeah, that, that, I mean, you have to still be on the bike and riding. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a prerequisite there. But Got it. but at this level, these guys are all going to be, uh, you know, the the dunes navigation is the equalization factor, and that's um, what we're going to see happen tomorrow. But really, the stage three that Quinn alluded to is. A section nobody's raced before because it was actually the canceled stage area last year. Yeah. And, and it's uh, also where we saw a lot of the cars get really, really lost last year. Okay. So it's going to be a tricky day after tomorrow. But um, let's talk about, before we get too far in the future, let's talk about the past. Top top guys, you know, last night, I guess, but today's stage. Toby came out, really laid it down strong. And KTM in general looks like they they have a really solid strategy to go into the dunes tomorrow with, you know, all three of their top guys in the top four. Yep. We saw, we saw Kevin Benavides from Monster Energy Honda team finish second overall. Yep. Um, top Honda. Really, really good stage for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of what I predicted yesterday. Kind of exactly like you predicted. Talk too much about that. Yeah. We're going to keep that quiet. Um, and then, you know, Matthias Wachner from the KTM, the Red Bull KTM factory team and, a big surprise, maybe not a big surprise, but probably the biggest move strategically of the day. Sam Sunderland, who was 24th or something starting the stage, came all the way back, got fourth. He made up tons of time. That's kind of a game-changing time change that you'd love to have if you're a racer. And now he's starting fourth in the dunes. He still has some time to make up with Toby and Matias. But yep, it seems to me these guys can really pick on Benavides now because they can lay back a little bit, put the pressure on him. They can start you know, sharing that responsibility of leading and trying to get those KTMs to minimize the damage. We know they're going to lose some time to the guys behind them a little bit, but they can minimize it. Right. And and one thing we haven't really talked about yet is, is the starting order and the time gaps. Yeah. Another, another complication of the Dakar rally. Right. So top 10 riders go out three minutes apart. So, so you have a three minute gap between you and the rider in front of you. Okay. Once you get outside the top 10, you top from 10 to 20 goes out two minutes apart. So the, the time gap gets a little closer, a little easier to close that gap. Yep. After you get 
beyond the top 20, they start going out at one minute gaps. And then somewhere in there, it actually goes to 30 second gaps when you get further back in the field. Wow. So Ricky Brabeck starting tomorrow, 24th, he's going to have a few riders at one minute gaps in front of him. Yep. And then it's going to go to two minutes and then inside the top 10 actually to three minute gaps. So mm-hmm. there's quite a bit of clean air in front of him. You know, once he makes his way past those first four or five riders. Wow. Yep. Hopefully he's looking for an advantage after, you know, a somewhat disappointing day. You never want to open the day and have navigation challenges and lose that much time. But, but you know, that's exactly what Sam Sunderland dealt with today. He started in 26th and yep. he finished fourth. So he sure really made up a lot of time. And I, I don't think, I think he maybe laid up a little bit too much in the prologue. Right. But in the end it hasn't really hurt him he's he's you know less than you know just a little over two minutes off the off the lead and you know i think he's gonna he's gonna be set he's set himself up in yeah a really good position. you've always said if you're in fourth place every day at the rally you're probably gonna win in the end and he's he's right in that spot and another thing to point out is today's stage was pretty dusty really rocky like we've we got reports that way more rock way more challenging uh i guess terrain uh, material than they predicted or even said so in the road book and um the dust while it was a factor today probably won't be so much a factor in the dunes tomorrow so um probably a pretty good day for ricky i'm predicting he bounces back pretty solid from this and makes up some time yeah i think so i mean he you know it, he's got his work cut out for him but you know he's yeah. I, he's a strong dude and he's gonna he's gonna get up there everybody's got to work when they're there other notables in this uh top 10 uh Lorenzo Santolini from Spain, Sherco, Sherco yeah. in the top five, strong, strong showing from the French brand. Um, you know, Sherco's really been stepping up their enduro bike range and it's nice to see another manufacturer up there. And then you got, uh, the French guy who is on the, um, Husqvarna, the HT team, uh, Xav- Xavier, 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 yep. Sounds Apologies to all the French people. I'm going to work on that. It's close enough. Then we got Yamaha. Yamaha was kind of a sleeper today, I think. They uh, didn't didn't set the world on fire, but they got Franco Caimi from Argentina. Uh, he's in seventh. And then top American today, Skyler, our man Skyler. And I think we're going to get him on the phone here in a little bit too. So Yeah, I mean, Skyler, he, he rode a, a solid race, started from 13th and yeah. uh, finished finished eighth about five and a half minutes off the lead so really really solid spot for him starting the rally yeah yesterday we talked about him being in a really good spot smartly and now man he just looks like the perfect spot top eight going into dunes he's got plenty of guys in front of him that are really great navigators uh i can't wait to talk to him about the day uh we're gonna call him in a little bit uh you got luciano benavides Luciano Benavides. So With Benavides brothers. Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team. Yep. Uh brother Thanks. of Kevin Benavides. He's a he's a really solid, strong rider, and uh it's good to see him right up there in ninth. Yep. Uh it's really cool to see two brothers out there battling it out. I'm sure that would be fun. <laughs> Racing it's your brother. And comparing time cheese at the end of the day. And then uh tenth, we got a guy from Czech. Martin yes. Mishek. And he's on the Orion Moto Racing Group team. Uh, he's about eight minutes behind. So I solid. believe they're on KTMs. Yeah, KTM be, support be team. Or, yeah, <laughs> that's the bike to buy and go race. It seems. Um, 
the rest of the Americans, uh, we had talked about Ricky already sitting down there in the twenties. Um, but Andrew Short had a pretty solid day. You know, he had some uh, navigation challenges, but he seemed to ride a pretty smart race. And he's sitting in twelfth right now. He's eight minutes behind. Eight eight minutes and fifty seconds behind. Uh, pretty good spot for him, probably. He's got his teammate Adrian Van Beveren right behind him. Uh, he's about another minute behind him or thirty seconds behind Andrew. So those two are going to be pretty good Yamaha teammate coming up um, to support their guy. That's you know uh, Kaimi. I think he was up there in uh, seventh. So. Yep, it'd be interesting to see that you know, Yamaha team. Andrew keep. Andrew came out really strong. Uh, like I said, there was there were some navigation errors in the in the early part of the stage, and and yeah. Andrew had himself placed pretty pretty good with a sixth place starting position, and he was able to close that gap on on the leaders. And um, he was actually leading through the first few waypoints, and then I think he had a little bit of navigation difficulty towards the end, but. You know, it's really good to see him running, running up there, and he's he's sitting in in tenth place in the general classification. So, uh, really good spot for him. Nice. Anything else you want to talk about today's stage before we talk to these guys? You know, I'm I'm pretty excited to try to get uh, Skyler and Andrew on the phone if we can. All right. I think we're going to call uh, Skyler first or Andrew first. Let's let's give Skyler a try. See if he, picks he did up. he did win today in the American race. Right. We have our own race within a race. Yep. He's eighth place. Okay, we're going to call Skyler. Everybody hang tight. Hey, everybody, we're back. We got Skyler House. Really great day for this gentleman out there on the real start of the rally, stage one, Jeddah to Bisha. Skyler, how's it going? And give us a rundown on your day today. Well, uh, I tell you, I'm, I already got the monkey butt setting in pretty heavy. So <laughs> that's a good. That's good news that there's another 11 days of racing and, uh, yeah, but actually today was super fun. The problem with today was it was just fast enough that you couldn't really stand up, but you kind of had to sit down and uh-huh. take a beating. So, you know, the old tush got its fair share of, uh, Ouch. Yeah, used today, but <laughs> otherwise little abuse. you didn't, yeah, you haven't, you didn't but, bring the chamois cream. This time, or no? Oh, I did. Oh, big right. time. That's, that's a must have. <laughs> that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did the uh, how did the race go for you on uh, you know sort of a strategic level or uh, you know on the course level? Well, so uh, yesterday with the prologue, um, I kind of took it easy. Still held, held like a probably. A about a 60, 65% pace. Um, just because I knew I didn't really want to lead out, especially the first stage, things like that. So, um, I started 15th where I wanted to be was right around top 10. So 13th was good. Mm -hmm. And I lucked out with the navigation because the next like four or five guys in front of me all made huge navigation errors. And I didn't actually know, know that i passed like three of them oh, wow. until i got to the gas check and they came in behind me oh so you didn't see them. so no so i had a little bit of dust i had to work around uh one of the yamaha riders uh in the in the boulder fields out there but um for the most part it actually worked out really good because i was about the i think i was the ninth physical bike across the finish line mm-hmm. um and, and you started and when you started 13th today, right? 
Yeah. Okay. So you'd worked your way and, up to, to ninth by the by the finish on physically. Yeah, physically. So, and when I crossed the line, it actually scored me at third. So I was like pretty stoked, but I knew Matthias and Sam and a handful of super fast guys that kind of got a slower prologue started start behind me. I knew they were going to be just ripping because they, I bet you they didn't even hardly look at the road book the whole time. Yeah, they follow had like, that, so. yeah, pretty good lead out and pretty good track in front of them. Um, wow. Yeah, great job. Sounds like uh, the challenge or the course was a little more challenging than, you know, the end of last year. Like you were saying, you were just pinning at the end of last year. Sounds like the navigation was tricky enough to shake it up and start flip-flopping some results. So time to be made up, which I think you were looking forward to. Yeah. So yeah. speaking yeah. of, uh, speaking of tracks, how were, how were the tracks in that first, uh, that first 10 kilometers? It looked like, uh, you know, from watching at home, guys were going every which way and, and doing circles out there. How, how did you get through that first really tricky section? I actually had w- every one of my issues today came from the riverbed. So, um, a cap Moyen means, uh, are, are basically if your road book says one, five, two, Moy, M O Y, that means you're supposed to go at compass heading one, five, two, more or less. So yeah. the road or the wash might be twisted. And every one of my issues came from, uh, assuming that since I started on the right trail, that the Moyen would stay correct. And I, every time I ended up going up, up a wrong wash and not realizing it until, you know, I was heading at cap one, eight, two. And I was like, ah, that's way too far off. So I, you know, I have to beeline it out. And I think that was a problem for the most, most of everyone today. Like I, I actually fared quite well. I made one small mistake right in the beginning. Um, but it was, I, I corrected it pretty easily. Um, and, and early. So I probably lost about 30 seconds to a minute with that one. And then, um, at the end I did it again. And that one was like a costly one. I think I lost about three, three minutes on that one. Cause I went, I went way up a wash that I wasn't supposed to. So, and the problem that you can, you can face when starting kind of far back. Now I, I wouldn't say 13th is far back, but far enough back that you have plenty of tracks to follow you get really used to following the tracks rather than verifying your road book and making sure that you're actually doing what's correct. Yeah. You know, if you, you just automatically assume if the tracks in front of you, they already got it right, which yeah. is not that it's not the right call. So, and that's what I did today bit. is I, 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 yeah, I just assumed that, that they had already got it right. And I followed a track up a wash that didn't have it right. So, um, and I think that's, where Ricky kind of got um, caught out a little bit is, you know, he's leading out, he has no tracks to follow and there's all these cat boy ends and the boulder fields. <laughs> this is the other funny part too, is we get a, a stage briefing and it gives you like your percentage of what type of terrain is out there, how yeah. much rocks, sand, soil, things like that. And it said we had 3% rocks today. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think they got it back. I think it was supposed to be 97% rocks and 3% dirt. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like literally for about a hundred kilometers, there wasn't any dirt. It was only rocks. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. And, and it's a re it's really hard 
hard to follow. There is an actual trail. There's a, I mean, there's a trail beaten into this, like, it's like lava rock. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, the locals or whoever have driven on it and made it a trail, but it's so hard to follow. It's almost like, you know, those old books where you look real close and you move the book away and all of a sudden kind of, you know, image appears. Yeah. It's like a magic <laughs> That's kind of poster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, kind of how these trails are. So if you're the first person on, on, on course, it's really easy to be like, okay, I got it. And then all of a sudden, you know, before you can even realize that you're just in the middle of a boulder field with no trail at all. Because you just veered so, off of the wrong direction. Yeah, a lot yeah. of these, Slowly. you know, and, and uh, in, in the Middle East in particular, there's really no bushes. And we get so used yeah. to, in, in America, you look and you see the bushes and you see a gap in the bushes. And that means that there's a track there. Mm, got but it. When there's no bushes to define it, it's really difficult to, to pick up the right track. Yeah, that's interesting input. So being being that rocky, how how does your rear tire look at the end of the stage? It's pretty hammered and it's it's kind of a debate right now. It's there's a discussion on on whether or not to switch it out cuz tomorrow's kind of our first dune stage. Um and it says I think like, like the first third of the stage is all sand and dunes. So it's that now now comes into play the the strategic part of it. Like, okay, do we run a ball tire in the dunes because we know it's not going to get worn out as quickly or as easily, but we're going to have less traction. So, or do we put a new tire on and run it for like you know three days in the dunes because it'll last longer? Right. So I, I can tell you what my decision would be. <laughs> Quinn has Quinn has input. Yeah, I'd run. I'd run a freshie and then try to get three days of sand sand out of it, and save your That's save your half worn out one for the end. Yeah, I'd save that one yeah. just in case. Keep keeping keep a used pile in the back and start picking and choosing from those when you have to. But put new ones on when you get into the sand because, yeah, I guess sand's hard to ride in with a bald tire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and that's that's the direction that I was leaning in, um, just because the second week is going to be a lot more rocks and riverbeds and things like that. Yeah. So we got to save the fresh, you know, I don't know, get, get as much life out of, yeah, yeah. Get as much (laughs) life out of a, out of a, you know, tire in the sand dunes and then hopefully have some extra that we can kind of abuse and and wear out on the real rocky, you know, aggressive days. Yeah, so it looks like we've already got some uh, strategy going on with uh, with the KTM boys. Yep. Um, it seems like they went out pretty hard today, and maybe are counting on a, a really tricky stage for for stage number three. Um, how how do you plan on setting yourself up for for that stage three? Um, honestly, like my my whole strategy for this is to ride every day the best I can, and if I'm feeling real good. And I can let it, you know, let it ride. Um, then I will. But at the end of the day, if I can actually stay somewhere between fifth to tenth, honestly, I'd love to stage win. I'd love to finish, you know, in top five. But for me, especially in the dune days and things like that, to have, you know, six or seven tracks to follow makes makes everything so much easier. So you can put the mental fatigue on the other guys 
and keep keep it kind of consistent. And then when you get into, for me, the second the second week is going to be a lot more of my flow um, stuff that I'm comfortable with in the rocky washes and, and some sandy trails. So I kind of want to save my, like if I do well in a stage and possibly have to lead out, I'd like to do it in, you know, not dunes. I'd like to do it in some rocks and Got some, it. you know, right. sandy washes and things. Yeah. So Mark. I think you're doing exactly what you need to do. And really this first week, just avoid those big time swings. You know, you don't, we don't want to see you, uh, you know, lose 20 minutes on a stage. So I think just hang in there and, you know, float around in the top 10 and you'll be good for the, for week two. Yeah. It looks like you're in a really good spot. Yeah. I, I still have a feeling too, that a lot of people are going to get, that they're going to start really pushing on days maybe that they aren't feeling good and, you know, things like that. There's, there's going to be huge fluctuations in, in timing, I think. Yeah. Um, now that we have three factory KTM riders in the top, what is it? Four. Yep. Um, heading into a dune day, I think tomorrow is going to be a really fast pace because Toby's super good at leading out anyways. Um, and then to have three of them up there, just pacing each other. That's yeah. like, that's, that's where the magic happens. That's when you can, make the pace of a race yeah. just skyrocket. They can, gets, they can kind of like that. share that mental fatigue. Like you were talking about if they're flip flop and you know, Walkner comes in the lead and Toby doesn't have to concentrate quite as much on navigation. He can follow and Sam can do the same thing. And then, you know, they can let these, uh, there's a Sherco guy and, um, Centolino he's in fifth. Yeah. And, uh, they can, yeah, let, Lorenzo. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the people are going to be in the mix, but yeah, the KTM guys have put them in a, dominating top position and like Quinn said I think they're really setting themselves up for stage three to be in you know those striking making some time up again in stage three probably but man uh you had a big day today uh I know it's not the biggest one to come but um it must be nice to be back fairly early into the bivouac and be able to get some food and rest a little bit um let me know how how much more work you got to do on your bike before you get a call it a day uh I'm actually relatively finished up up, we're just figuring out whether or not to, you know, what, what to do with the rear tire. Yep. And then the bike, the bike stuff is all squared away. Yep. So it's been real nice. I've got some stuff organized. Um, having kind of a, it, it sucks waking up at three o'clock in the morning, but it is nice coming into the bivouac at like, you know, two thirty in the yeah. afternoon, having some daylight. Awesome. All right, man. Well, we'll let you get to it. Um, thanks again for calling us. We're going to check in with you regularly as, as threatened earlier. So, you know, just keep it up. Have fun. Yeah. Heck yeah, guys. Thanks. All right, Skyler. Good luck. See you, Skyler. All right. Thank you. Later. Wow. That was cool. Thanks, Skyler. He's gone now, but we're still talking about him. Yeah. Uh, Really good insight from uh, Young Fast American. Really cool to talk to him about that and just, you know, get the boots on the ground feedback. I love it. So cool. And so cool to be able to actually get these guys on the phone from the bivouac. Yeah. They got up super early. I think, um, you know, 3 a.m. or something. We'll ask Andrew what time he had to wake up today, but, uh, they've been up early riding a lot of miles on their bike. As you could hear from Skylar, he's got some bum rash going already from sitting on the seat and going fast. But, uh, the good thing about getting up early and racing these stages earlier for us is, you know, these guys are relaxed by the time we can get them on the phone. You know, we're about seven, six o'clock in the morning here at the studio and, uh, they're chilling. They don't have a lot of responsibilities other than preparing themselves and 
you know, getting mentally prepared for the next day and getting some food and relaxing. So that's right. cool. And, you know, it sounds like they're really loving not getting the, not having to do the road book at night. So that's, uh, yeah, no that's homework. pretty cool. I mean, I know when I, when I was doing the Dakar, there was no way I was going to be talking to anybody on the phone. I was sitting there for hours just working another, on the road book and yeah. just, just trying to survive. Yeah, man, no homework when they get back from working all day. So that's good for them. Um, I think we should call Andrew short, get him on the phone. Yeah, we might as well. Let's let's get this done. Let's let's give Andrew a ring. Okay, everybody, hang tight. All right, everybody, we're back with Andrew Short, newest member, or maybe not the newest member, but new member of Monster Energy Yamaha team. Andrew, thanks for calling in after uh, the real start of the Dakar Rally Stage One. So you got some pretty good seat time. You got to get up super early, race across Saudi Arabia. Give us a little rundown how it went for you. Yeah, it was early. Uh, 622 kilometers today, mostly on pavement of liaison. Uh, and the special was 277, but it was a tricky day. It was like challenging day with navigation, a lot of rocks, and this wasn't too fun, especially when you know you only have six tires. You don't want to slice one. You kind of want to manage that. And also, if you crash or lay it down, you can't fix your bike at refuel. So, I don't know. It's a different mentality, and it was cool to kind of adjust but i lost eight minutes in 50 seconds which wasn't so bad considering with uh, the people i started with i think kilometer three i was first track on what i consider the correct way and it looks like a lot of those guys lost a lot of time early on uh so i don't know it was uh it was interesting it's also been interesting to watch the kpm guys how they started in the prologue obviously they have a different strategy than the rest of the guys and they went like gangbusters today, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it, it looked like I, I was watching the the live tracking, which is actually really cool this year, and uh, it looked like pretty much everybody blew the very first turn of the of the race, and I, I kind of saw yeah. you poking around out there, and, and it, it did look like you got, you know, pretty close to what they intended, intended you to hit, but then it seemed like, um, you know, Ricky and a bunch of the guys up front got hung up on... Uh, just before the first waypoint there. Yeah. Um, and then you were, yeah. you, you were way up, you know, way up on them early on. So that was, that was cool to watch. Yeah. And for me, I got scared when I got the refuel at kilometer 177 because that whole group left three minutes in front of me. And I didn't want to be the third bike opening for the next day. But also I knew there's people coming from behind. And I haven't seen them yet when they came into refuel. I didn't really know where I stood and I wasn't planning on doing great today and we'll see what the tracks like tomorrow. So I don't know. It, it's another big one tomorrow. There's uh 685 kilometers, 457 special. Wow. But it looks like 30 kilometers of dunes and lots of Sandy Valley, kind of like what we encountered in the second week last year. So you think the, we'll see. you think the um, navigation is going to continue to be, challenging as it was in the first day or do you think it's going to open up tomorrow and be more like you know high speed like it was at the end of last year mm, they're predicting the average speed to be two kilometers uh slower tomorrow than it was today so oh. today the average they predicted was 84 tomorrow is 82 okay. and day three is the only slow day where it's uh they're predicting 62 right so oh, wow. these next two days i think are pretty uh critical so they are fast, but, um, but also that's, challenging. Yeah. So Toby, wise. Toby, I believe 
leader finished at 87 kilometers per hour today. So a little bit faster than what they're predicting, but yep. still, I think with, with the navigation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Last year, sometimes we were finishing like 20 kilometers over what they predicted. So that oh, tells okay. you right there how much different the navigation is this year Yeah, and what you can kind of expect. That kind of answers your question. So yeah. I think it will be tricky. Yeah, for sure. That was, uh, definitely cool to see a little bit more navigation and not, you know, not such a flat out stage. And so yeah, now and you're shook you finished, things up. You finished in 12th today. So you're, you're looks like you're sitting in a pretty good spot going out tomorrow. Um, what kind of, what's your strategy going into the stage? Yeah, I, I want to, I don't want to cut the next few days. I think you kind of got to float and it's going to flip flop a lot. So with them being sandy, I don't think there's going to be a lot of dust like there was today for some of the guys coming through. Uh, obviously there'll be more track and I don't know. It's one of these things with rally. You got to kind of feel out the stage and understand what you're riding, who's around you and, and adapt and go from there. And it's easy to say on paper what you're going to do and doesn't necessarily turn out that way. So a little bummed for Ricky because he has a great opportunity and he uh, lost a lot of time today. I'm sure he'll come back swinging tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see how, he uh, responds. But for me, you need to be smart and kind of stay in there and, and not go like gangbusters tomorrow and open on a day where they predict an average speed of 62. And this is the same area where they had the loop last year where we didn't race, where in uh, the day after when Paulo passed away. So, okay, this, so this, is... this area will be new for us, and, uh, and I think it will be tough. So you're already looking forward to stage three, essentially, day after tomorrow predicting really challenging yeah. navigation, slow technical terrain and, and you sitting here, you know, uh, getting ready to probably hit the sack to get up super early the next day. You're thinking, Hey, I, I definitely don't want to be the guy leading out day three. Yeah. Day three. I'm not worried about the navigation, but the track, just, if you have something in front of you, you can read the train so much easier yeah. and, uh, the speed just comes. So okay. the yeah. navigation I think was today and that's when you're more concerned about it. But, and the dunes, if you have tracks, makes a big difference with time. So yeah. It can swing either way. Yeah, you can always chase Yeah, them for down. sure. I mean, if you have a track to follow in the sand, it, it makes everything so much easier because you can, a lot of times you can't see the variation in the dunes. You can't see the, you know, the drops. But if you can see where someone's braking and, you know, getting on oh, the gas, make, it makes it Not only easier. the direction, yeah. but, you know, when to hit the gas. But interesting what you said about the KTM team. Yeah, yesterday they seemed to be pretty conservative. And today they really, you know, attacked and then kept attacking towards the end of the day it looks like and even sam who we were yeah. a little concerned about with like 24th place start or something he hammered it up and came into you know he's sitting in fourth overall now and riding a really smart race it looks like um yeah yeah when you pull back it's hard to predict how much to lay up and i think sam said he laid up for about 22 seconds and that was more than what he needed to do oh got yeah. it yeah, I don't think he intended to finish back there, but you know, I, I, in the end, I think it worked out for him okay. Luckily, people yeah. had mistakes in yeah. front of him and that kind of stuff. But your teammates and yourself, you know, you guys are in a great spot. I think you know the whole Yamaha team is looking pretty solid. It's still day one of Dakar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, everybody's <laughs> everyone's healthy. Yeah, too late to talk about. Yeah. Too early to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Very Sweet. Good. Uh, oh. Give me a give me a quick little rundown about your schedule for you know 
the stage so people can kind of understand the commitment or, you know, what it takes to, to race one of these things. Like what time are you waking up in the morning? How long are you sitting on the bike on that liaison section to the special? And then, you know, we can show you how long you raced for, but it's all the other stuff. Yeah. They just see well, that clock and they think, Oh, they raced for three hours today, but that's not the, that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. It was, today was the earliest start, I guess you could say of the, of the race. And, um, so I woke up at three, the first bike was at four. It was a four hour, uh, liaison. It was the time that you were given. Um, I think the first bike was eight fifteen for the special. And honestly, we were done pretty, pretty quick, like full 30 or something. I saw when I crossed the finish, maybe somewhere around there. And, you know, another 30 minutes. I, I, I was back at the truck, I think at like one thirty, one forty-five. So okay. really wasn't that long of a day today. Um, but it's day one. And, um, you know, the longest stage on, on paper, I think 800 something. I have a book over here, but yeah. So when you get back, get cleaned up and try to get some food and get bed early. And the big thing is, is we get our row books in the morning now, which right. makes navigation much more tricky, mm-hmm. but it frees up at least four to five hours of marking it, row book meetings, map man briefing, all this stuff. Yeah. You actually could go to bed at eight o'clock if you want, not like 10 or 11. Wow. So yeah. this has been a big change this year and definitely saved a lot of mental and uh, just physical energy, you know, walking, getting all this stuff done. So this nice. is a big help. And I think this will help safety for the future as well. It just gives you all kinds of time to call in and talk to us. Yeah. Thanks ASO. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> it's so strange. Uh, so. Very cool. Yeah. I was, I was a little cool. nervous. I didn't want to bug you too much, you know, and then, and you're like, well, yeah, I really got nothing to do right now. So We'll let you go yeah. soon, though. Thanks again. Yeah, giving us really a shout. Really appreciate it, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll call back whenever you want. I can call back, give update, or whatever. Uh, but I'm perfect. stoked you guys are doing this, and uh, cool for people back home and in Dakar and general. So. Well, we're all uh, cheering for you. Keep it safe and keep having fun out there, and you know, race your race. It's going to be really fun to watch. Thanks, Anna. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys have a good day, and uh, yeah, thanks for that. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Talk to you later. See you. Bye. Sweet. Andrew Short gave us a call. That's always fun talking to Andrew Short. Always, always cool. Andrew's such a good dude and, you know, it's great to hear from him. And, you know, we're uh, we're really excited the way this is kind of playing out. Yeah, I liked his input on the overall speeds. It's nice getting that input from everybody. And Skylar talking about how, you know, the terrain in the road book, they get, they get a little like guide before it and they talk about, you know, it's 6% dirt and 25% sand or whatever. And he's like, it was the opposite. It was 97% rocks. And, uh, Andrew mentioned, you know, uh, the speeds that they predict you're going to do. And, uh, it's kind of fun watching out how that prediction plays out in the end. For sure. You know, that, that, that's uh, really interesting, you know, because you, you look at what the organization thinks that guys are going to do on average speed. And yeah, like Andrew said, it's always less than what they actually do. They always I mean, go faster. Even, even, you know, when they, and the organization has a lot of really experienced guys, bike, bike guys that yeah. are helping lay out this route and yep. they underestimate the speed of, of the top riders. Wow. That's cool. We, we still have that interview coming up with, uh, Edo Mosi, who is the guy in charge of laying out the route. Like I, I think we geeked out on that interview a lot more than some people will, but man, it's, it's a cool job. He, yeah. And we're, we're going to get that up uh, as soon as we get this episode out. Maybe we'll yeah, so get that one posted. Ed Amasi, maybe we get that out later today. He's, yeah. uh, he's the guy who actually drives the route ahead of time, 
makes the route for the Dakar for yep. these guys to race. Yeah, he and, leads a team of about 12 people that are in charge of making this route happen. And we got him on the phone and we got to talk about him. So it's, you know, talk about what challenges they go through and, and how they lay out this route and everything else. So it's, it's super cool to get. Yeah. Now that we're in it, now that the guys are out there in it fighting through this stuff, it's going to be really cool to hear from him on the ground, but wow. Um, interesting thing. Andrew was clear that he thought KTM strategy was to come out strong and man, they sure did. And, uh, everybody's kind of looking forward to that day three or stage three, I should say as far as it being a pivotal point in the rally, early stages of the rally. But as Andrew mentioned, he's like, whatever you guys predict is silly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you guys, it's way too early. You have no idea. He's like, it's stage one of the Dakar, fools. And we're all geeking <laughs> out, know, like, who's going to win now? Right. And and we can't underestimate stage two tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, anything can happen still. And we don't, we don't yep. know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, based on based on the maps and what we're looking at, you know, stage two is uh, is going to be a tough one. I think we've got big as that baby. Going to look and see what our uh, what our special distance is. I'm kind of dropping the ball here. Oh, my assistant! Yeah. I'll help you out. 228 kilometer liaison, but so it flipped basically. Yesterday there was like 400 and some kilometers Leon and 200 yep. and some kilometers of special. This uh, stage two tomorrow. It's going to be 228 kilometers of liaison and then 457 kilometers of racing. When they get the dunes, the mileage really starts adding up, a little more open terrain, sandy washes, that kind of stuff. So uh, that's that's some mileage. Yeah, 457 kilometer special is is huge. I mean... That's a race that's how I long think, in miles? Shoot, I don't know. I got to There's a quick way there, you do that. Divide it by half and add 10%. Yeah. Or you just right. go on your iPhone. And yeah. put in 457. Yes, we can ask Siri, see what Siri says. Uh, that's I, that's almost 300 cool. miles of racing. Yeah. So 283 miles. That's solid. <laughs> that's, that's bananas. Solid. <laughs> you know, I deal in kilometers uh, for my job every day. We I kind of live in the metric system. And so when I have to convert to uh, miles, you get all weird. Miles, I get a little uh Well, little I, only s- I only speak mileage in American, and that's miles. Right. right. So miles per hour miles per day 280 mile race yeah that's bananas racing for 280 miles for sure i mean <sighs> it's gonna be a long one we'll see we'll see what their uh their average speed works out to be tomorrow i mean i think yep. it's gonna be a little bit faster than today maybe a little less rocky but the last thing i want to talk to you about is our pronunciation of the cities in saudi arabia so tomorrow they're going to go from bisha to Wadi Ad Dawasir. Uh, I think Dawasir. I did a good job. I think you did a really good job. Yeah. Considering. Considering I butchered that poor French guy's name earlier. Xavier. Sorry, Xavier. I'll make it up to you by taking some French classes and getting my head out of my American sand hole over here. All right. I think um, I think I'm pretty much wrapped up. Anything else you want to talk about for today's stage? Well, you know, I think I think we're good. You know, we want to try to keep it uh Keep it moving, keep yep. it brief, so you guys get all the info, and we'll be back tomorrow as, as early as possible with uh, the latest updates for everybody. Thanks again to uh, American Racers, Skyler House, Andrew Short for calling in, giving us a quick update. We look forward to more insight from them and other racers as we keep rolling along. Thanks for listening. I'm Jesse Ziegler, and that's... Uh, Quinn you, Cody. That's Quinn Cody. And we will see you guys tomorrow. 
All right. Thanks, everybody. Later.